Welcome to the Bravo Dog Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Renee Erdman. I'm a certified dog trainer and behavior consultant, and I own bravodog.ca. Today, we're going to chat about resource guarding. So what exactly is resource guarding? Well, resource guarding is when an animal protects what they consider to be a resource. That resource can be anything from a high value chew or bone, uh, could be the food bowl empty or full, it could be the water dish, it could be a bed, it could be a couch. Um, it also can extend to people. Um, I've seen animals that resource guard other animals or resource guard from other animals. It just depends on the circumstance. So resource guarding, you have to think that if an animal thinks that resource is so valuable that they are willing to use aggression to protect it, sounds to me like it's not necessarily a choice. Um, And so what we're leaning towards is that resource guarding is a genetic component, sort of like a switch or a, a reflex. And the response happens and the animal can't control it. So that's very important to understand first is that um, when an animal is doing something like that, it's not a choice to be a jerk. I was doing some research online to see what the most common advice is uh, to prevent or to change resource guarding. And most of it's actually really unhelpful and can do more harm than good. So let's go through those. Some advice that I was looking at online was uh, that you need to change this quote-unquote habit. Um, This is not a habit. Again, it's not a choice. And so if we're trying to change this behavior, this is going to be an association. Um, The advice to put your hands in the dog's food bowl can actually cause more anxiety. If a dog resource guards, um, it's annoying to a lot of dogs. They put up with a lot until they don't. And then we have dog bites. Um, The other advice is to pet them or touch them while they are eating. This is absolutely not going to change resource guarding. It can actually make an animal feel more stressed and anxious. So those are our two two suggestions that I see quite a bit. I also saw quite a bit of the advice to teach your dog to share by taking things from them more often. It's counterproductive to just take something from an animal and and think that that's going to make them feel good. It actually can make them feel like you are the one that takes things from them, so they need to either protect that resource or run and hide when they have something because they know that you're going to take it away. Um, if you're going to take an item from your dog, what I would suggest is that you trade it for something equal or higher value. Typically, higher value is going to make sense. Um, and giving that item back to them as well if it's safe. So if you want to practice those things, um, then go ahead and do so. But just taking things more often and just doing things to our dogs um, in the hopes that they're going to accept that is uh, pretty arrogant, in my opinion, (laughs) on the human side, because you know, I don't just do things to to people in my life and expect them to put up with it and be okay with it or or be happy about it. So why would our dogs? So it's important to keep in mind that resource guarding is a natural behavior. 
We might not like it, but it's natural and normal for animals to protect resources because those resources will promote longevity and survival. Um, we've domesticated dogs. However, there are portions of genetics that we cannot control um, and that we have not selectively bred out. So I think the more that humans understand and accept that this is normal, we may not like it, um, that that's a starting point. Body language is very clear when a dog is resource guarding. You will often see uh, if it's an item, the paws may go over, both of those paws might go over top of that item and the dog may get lower to the ground and tighter and uh, more tense and freezing will often happen. You might see that whale eye, which is a large portion of the, the eye white showing. And getting low to the ground is often what I see with, uh, with food bowl garters as well and eating really quickly. So they want to get that food down the hatch before anybody has a chance to take it from them. Um, you will see a lot of dogs will run with an item and take it away and, and hide if they've been chased. So you don't want to chase your dog if they've got an item. Um, so that body language is quite clear. Vocalizations will happen. A lot of times we'll get growling. We might see teeth bare, being bared. Um, and then, of course, if the animal's challenged, that's typically where we're going to see a bite. So body language, you can often tell when an animal is about to resource guard an item or is guarding that item. If you have a puppy, you can work on some prevention. You can work on some exercises where maybe you're approaching your dog's bowl as they're eating and you are dropping a bonus of something better in there like chicken or cheese. So approaches to the food bowl are a positive. Um, you know, as mentioned, I don't know, it, we don't know for sure if this is a genetic component, but we're leaning towards it being so, something that is wired in the animal that um, it's not necessarily something that can be controlled. But starting when a puppy is young, maybe if they have those tendencies and we do um, make positive associations with approaches to the bowl, then great. I do think that working on trades is huge with puppies. So not just taking everything out of their mouth because um, as mentioned earlier, you're going to be creating a lot of stress around you approaching them with their stuff. And that's not what we want with animals. We want them to be willing and happy to drop items. They're not, it's not a big deal. Uh, they're not super valuable. And what you have is actually more valuable. So I would never, and, and I don't do this with any dog, I never just take something from the dog. I'm always trading with my own dogs, with client dogs. I don't know how that animal feels. I'm not just going to take something from them um, and expect them to be okay with it. So you can work on prevention exercises with your puppy um, and see if that helps as well as just knowing that, hey, if things change, then I'm going to work on it. I can, I can make some positive associations. Um, and then if I see resource guarding, I back off. 
One more exercise I wanted to recommend working on with uh, if you have a puppy or a dog that resource guards and is okay for the most part with you handling their face when they are not resource guarding, of course, would be practicing an exercise where you're opening their mouth and popping a treat in. Um, Your hands should predict something good happening when they open your dog's mouth. Uh, If you practice this a lot and you use human food, really, really good stuff, then the times where you do need to go in there for safety reasons, maybe your dog has grabbed a a zip tie or something, who knows, and they're going to swallow it and you need to get it from them, then at least you've got this history of your hands predicting something good. You are opening their mouth and something positive happens. Whether or not you this this helps with severe resource guarders, I, I highly doubt it, to be honest with you. When you have such high-level resource guarding, um, you, you really have uh, some other things that you're going to need to focus on. But you can work on this as a preventative exercise with puppies. Um, and I, again, try and emphasize, don't take everything away from your puppy because that's, you know, hands and us approaching them always means taking something from them, then they're going to, to view those, va- those items as very high value and also start um, taking off with things. And then we chase them and it becomes a big, um, a highly reinforced uh, exercise for them. And it's fun. Uh, so yeah, that was an exercise I wanted to tell you guys about that you can practice. Uh, but as mentioned, don't do this when a dog is resource guarding. Um, <laughs> this is uh, when your dog is not resource guarding and is comfortable with their face being handled, okay? Or you risk being bit. Oftentimes, folks get in touch with me because their dog may be resource guarding against other dogs so they may go to the park and throw the ball and if another dog comes near their dog near that ball their dog then uh, responds or reacts Uh, or they have multiple dogs in the home and there's resource guarding around food or items um, or people so resource guarding around other dogs uh, outside of the home is something that you're going to prevent and manage to the best of your ability because you cannot control the parameters when you're out and about, meaning you can't control um, setups or setting up training so that your dog has a better association with other dogs approaching their stuff. So your best bet is to train a really solid recall, um, also to not have those resources in certain areas where you know another dog is going to approach, um, so a ball or a toy. However, if it's things like sticks, then you've got to have another plan for that. That plan can involve... um, basket muzzle training your dog so that they cannot access sticks when they are around other dogs out in the environment, depending on how severe it is, Um, as well as a drop it cue that you can work on with your dog and keep them moving as much as possible when you're out and about, um, if you're hiking with them or they're off leash. So that specifically is for off-leash. And it sounds like I'm simplifying it, and I kind of am because this is a podcast and I can't, um, you know, I can't go through a training plan with you without um, a client here for you to understand, you know, what exactly it is that we're doing. So these are just going to be some some sort of general tips. Um, So dog-dog resource guarding outside of the home, 
you're going to prevent and manage to the best of your ability. Uh, work really hard on a drop it cue and don't overuse that drop it cue um, because if you do, then you may have a dog that is picking up a lot of items. Um, we're creating more value around them and that drop it will result in lots of reinforcement. So I also say pick your battles. So if that, that ends up happening and you, you have a dog that brings you items so that you cue a drop it and reward them, hey, I'd rather have that than some dog-dog aggression. So something to think about. But in the home, that is where you'd want to work with a professional. Um, set up prevention and management in the home in terms of um, if it's food bowls and feeding, then feeding the dogs separated by baby gates or in different rooms, um, and then putting up bowls after the use. Rotating feeding stations if your dog starts to attach an area with the uh, resource and protects that, then you would be rotating where you're going to be feeding them. Um, and if it is that it's something that you want to work on, then as mentioned, you need to work with a professional. Um, and I have done that where, um, we have a dog maybe behind a baby gate and then the, um, that's the resource guarding dog. And let's say they're resource guarding their person. Then we can set up a plan where maybe we're doing approaches on leash uh, with the other dog. And that results in, you know, chicken or cheese happening for the other dog upon those approaches. So there are some things that you can work on if you're the type of person that's like, no, I don't want to just prevent and manage. I want to actively work on it then great. Um, but these plans do require that multiple people work on them, not just one person. Um, so it is quite a bit of work and uh, you've got to be prepared for that and work with somebody that knows how to, to, to execute resource guarding training plans, which is not super duper common um, from what I've seen. A correlation that I've made after seeing many dogs that resource guard is that many of them don't like their bodies being handled either. So they may have issues with grooming. They may not like their nails trimmed. They may not like um, equipment being put on them or clothing or things like that. So I have no idea as to the why, but almost always when I see a client for resource guarding and they haven't made note in their file or their intake form, I ask, Do you, does, does your dog have body handling issues as well? And as mentioned, it almost always is a resounding yes. So why? We don't know, but uh, those things need to be worked on separately um, and working with a professional to make positive associations with being groomed uh, and being handled is going to help the overall anxiety and improve the quality of life for your dog. Children are the number one recipient to dog bites. And in the home, if you have little children, small children, uh, and you've got a dog that resource guards items um, and has bitten the children, this is pretty urgent in my opinion. Um, because kids, you know, despite instruction, may wander towards items or wander towards the dog or do things that they shouldn't because they're children. And then we have bites happening. So that's a really tough one and one that is going to require a lot of uh, management. 
and working with a professional and um, thinking about whether or not that the, that it's a safe environment for the children and for the dog. Um, so it's something to think about for sure. And knowing that resource guarding can be ramped up when an animal is more stressed or anxious. Um, I see more incidents happen with clients uh, during the holiday season when there are more guests coming over or there's a, a complete change in the environment or their routine. Um, that's pretty common too. The other thing that increases resource guarding is going to be punishing it and getting angry at the dog. Um, I've seen that fall apart and get quite, quite severe um, and really uh, uh, see animals being rehomed and, and up to the point of some dogs being relinquished um, once it gets to that level. So anytime an animal is resource guarding, you back off. That's just rule of thumb. You back off because a battle of the wills and having a showdown with your dog is going to result in a bite. Um, it's not humane, nor is it uh, fair to the animal who's not able to control this. Um, so it's super, super important not to use force and punishment uh, or any kind of collars or shock or e-collars or, or anything like that. Uh, because again, stress and anxiety in the environment is going to increase uh, this resource guarding. And small spaces, I find as well, can, can we can see resource guarding uh, ramp up as mentioned. So those are a couple of things to keep in mind. Children as well as increased stress in the environment. Um, and in stress is, you know, you have to think that stress doesn't necessarily mean um, something horrible is happening in the world. It just means that something is different in the environment, maybe in that animal sensitive to it. Like I said, like more guests coming over or, um, you know, it's busier in the home or, or as mentioned, the the, the schedule has changed in the home. So something to keep in mind. So what do you do if you think your dog resource guards you? A lot of times the label of resource guarding is put on dogs that just don't appreciate strangers approaching them. Um, and their owner seems to attach that label to that scenario. So it's debatable a lot of times whether it's resource guarding or it's I'm not comfortable with that stranger or person approaching me um, and it has nothing to do with the owner. Um, but there are legitimate cases of res resource guarding owners and I happen to be blessed with a dog that does that to me. So myself, um, what I do because it is quite manageable and lower level is if I see signs of resource guarding, if my dog is on me, I actually just stand up and walk away and diffuse the situation. So diffusing the situation, re removing myself as a resource, then there's nothing to guard. Um, and something I did not mention earlier is that with a lot of dogs that resource guard, it might not be consistent. So it might happen in certain circumstances and not in others. Um, so it's it's kind of buggy in that way. Um, so that, that would be the case with me with my dog is that it doesn't happen all the time. Um, it could be, it's, it's completely random, but the body language is very, very clear. So, and we'll talk about body language in a little bit. Uh, so in terms of 
whether or not you think your dog resource guards you. Uh, I've seen this also with dogs at the dog park. Um, If the owner is standing around, their dog is close to them, they may have food too, and another dog comes close or near, then we have uh, uh, a reaction from their dog. What uh, the advice I give people in those situations is to keep moving, keep yourself moving. Um, don't stop and linger because that gives your chance, your dog, the chance to sort of stand still in that moment, and then possibly that resource guarding is triggered. So that to me is not a tra- training scenario; it would be a prevention scenario. So keeping yourself moving. You can work on a training plan with a professional that includes. Uh, the parameters of approaching you with um, or you with a dog approaching you and your dog and that results in something positive. So there are some setups that you could work on for that um, if it is quite severe. And then of course if if we're not sure if is it just stranger danger then we're working on hey whenever a stranger or someone approaches your dog and you are there, then something good happens. So essentially, the the result would be the same if it's just a stranger, or the approach would be the same. If it's a stranger approaching, something good happens. Um, if it is a dog and a stranger, something good happens. So you just have to weed out what are the what are what triggers it to the for the most part. Um, so those are some thoughts uh, about uh, owner or human humans being resource guarded uh, around dogs. So if you have a dog that is a high level resource guarder and has inflicted bites that are serious, then I would urge you to seek out a veterinary behaviorist to work with. Uh, If you don't have one nearby, then your vet can actually consult with a veterinary behaviorist on your behalf. Um, But it's definitely something that you would need some extra help with. And possibly there might be more anxiety, unfortunately, that's linked to this behavior that needs to be addressed. So seek out professional help, um, avoid using punishment, back off if you've got resource guarding going on. And I hope that some of these tips and observations help you and that we've got the right information floating around out there to help our dogs. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Bravo Dog Knowledge Podcast. If you have found this podcast helpful, please share it with your friends and family and colleagues, as well as give us a rating on Apple Podcasts that helps get more information to more people. And we'll see you next time.